This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. What has happened this morning, the, the, the scripture you have shared and what you have just said, has completely voided my reasons for speaking. So, if you'd all like to go and get a cup of tea, um, we're going to be fine. So, I know, isn't that amazing though when God does that? I just love it, just love it. Because you know what God does? He confirms his word. Right, he confirms his word amongst his people to the people. So, if you've had um, already feeling, you know, God has spoken to you and stirred you, terrific, because that's him preparing your heart for the word. Okay, so that doesn't mean you can switch off for this bit. It means you should be super tuned in for this bit because what he's already said is, "Écoutez-moi." Right, he's saying, "Listen to this." Because I'm building it, I'm layering it, I'm, I'm, I'm getting you ready for the whammy, for what I'm about to say. So for what I'm about to say, I make no apology, I'm going to say it, you have to deal with it. Okay? Because if I've had to deal with it, you are going to have to deal with it. Is that alright? It doesn't matter if it isn't, this is what's happening. Ha 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 ha. Right. Okay. Do you know what I want us to do? What I want more than anything is for to, us to allow God to ignite a passion in our hearts for him, for his things, that is the things of God, and for his people. I really want us to understand that what God is all about is love, love for you and love for others. And do you know what his heart is? His heart is that none would perish. And it is upon us to be his hands and feet in this world to get the message of his love out there in these dark days. But hey, we're on the winning side, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's our confidence and what we stand on. But to get his word out there in these dark days, to say to people, are you aware of how loved you are? How loved you are? How much love is pouring out on you right now? You know what? Why? 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 I went to Cherish last week. It was amazing. You know, Caris was there volunteering. Do you know how encouraging that is to see your young people in your church thriving and living for God? And you can just think, oh. I mean, I don't know how you must have felt as, as, as parents seeing it, because as just someone who comes to the church, you just think, oh, look at that, look at that. And I feel that every Friday when I come here, and every Sunday when I come here, and I see them, look at handsome Reese Wheeler there. Look at that face. Look at that face. Do you know what he really likes, is if you go up to him and pinch his cheeks like that, he really <laughs> likes that. So at the end of the service, if I'd love it if you could all just make a little bit of Reese time. Do you know what I mean? And do that to his face. He loves it. But my heart is just stirred with godly wonder because I just think, why us? Why would you entrust us with this? There are far more learned, clever, better people out there. But you know what God says? I've called you. I've called you to do this. And if you love Jesus, you are called. Do you understand that? Do you understand? And I'm not talking about waiting there going, what is my calling? What am I called to? Who am I called to? If it were up to me, I would be called to the foothills of Tuscany, where I could drink a cheeky Chianti and maybe say to people, oh, you loved mine. You know, right? But, but you are called to here, to now, to this day, to this minute. Today is the day of salvation. All you have is the next breath that you've got. Do you understand? So understanding that you are called to this. To what? You are called to give God the glory in all things in your life. You are called to godly purposes. There is no higher calling on your life, friends, than to love. That is what you are called to. And we went to cherish, and do you know what? I loved it, and I must admit... 
before you all. When I went, I wasn't the most intentional of people going. You know, because you let all that maternal strife and life get in the way. You think, I must buy so much food that is ready meal and packaged just so that Joseph doesn't turn anything on in the kitchen. You know? <laughs> and that plagued me. And I thought, I know, I'll be fine once I get on the bus. I'll be fine. Please, Lord, don't let him cook. Please, Lord, <laughs> don't let him cook. And do you know what? God answered that prayer. Yeah. Amen. But, you know, when you get there, you think, oh, no, I'm tired. I've had to take time off. But when you get there and you realise all God was asking me to do was to carve out a little bit of time for him. Yes. That's what he was saying. To every woman who was there, this is why conferences are great. You don't have to go. Of course you don't have to go. It's not the law. It's not jail. You know, you, know, you don't have to go. But the reason it's good to go is because it gave me time for me to hear what God was saying to me. The speakers, it was as if they'd sent everybody else out of the room and gone, now Andrea, <laughs> let's talk about this. And that's why you give God time to speak to you. And, to you for, and you give yourself time to listen, right? You can do that on a Sunday. Fabulous. Fabulous. Of course you can, and you should be. But this is why, and one of the things they did, you've just, you've just spoken about it, you've just spoken about it, is at the end, we all had cards, prayer cards, and we had to write a need down, a personal need. And you know what? In those times, it's easy to put down um, world peace, because that's really what's on my heart, or um, the salvation of others. That's what I really love. But you know what? It's all right to ask for selfish stuff. It's all right to ask for keys for houses. And that's what God is saying. I want you to trust me enough to ask me for the stuff that's really deep down in the bottom of your heart that you don't want anybody else to know. And we gave those cards in. And at the end, they were distributed to somebody else. So somewhere in this world, there is a woman with my card praying for my deepest desire. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? that there are sisters all over this world praying for the needs of someone here. I think, and that's what we should be taking to God. That's what the Bible tells us to do, to give everything, to take everything to him in prayer. And I want us to understand the calling on our lives. And there was one word, I would, if I were you, get hold of all the messages from all the speakers who spoke there. Because for all of you thinking, oh, it was a women's conference, there must have been fairy lights and cupcakes. You know, it, it, was, it was infinitely more powerful than that. Okay? Infinitely. And the fact that it was a women's conference doesn't denote, oh, it's gendered, therefore there can't be anything in it for men. Do you know what? Team Estrogen went. They've come back. Men! <laughs> men! Get on it. Do you know what I mean? Get on it because the messages we heard were so empowering, challenging, and life-changing. And you need that in your lives. Right? You need to hear them. You need to listen to them. It doesn't matter if they, they were, you know, okay, some of them are well-known in Christian circles, but it didn't matter if they weren't well-known. Do you know what I mean? It was God speaking, directional, intentional, prophetic words into the lives of his people, and you need to get hold of them. Because there's stuff afoot, isn't there? This world, well... Well, well, what a week, right? That's all we can say, isn't it? What a week. Yeah. Good grief. But I am on the winning side because I am on the side of the Lord. The God of the angel armies, I'm on his side. I'm not on anyone's side. Don't ask me to take sides. You know what? He's with me. And there was a word that was mentioned, and it's called Hineni. Okay, Darlene Czech spoke on this. And she just mentioned it. But you know when something just sort of settles in your spirit and resonates, you think, oh, I need to know what that is. 
And it is the word. Can we put the, the verse up from Isaiah, please, Lee? Keep it up there for a minute. Is that all right? Just leave it up there. Okay. It is time to acknowledge the call of God in your lives, church. That is today. Today's message is called Give Me a Reason. This is your reason. Okay? Hineni is your reason. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he said, Here am I. And I said, Here am I. Send me. The call on your life might not be to foreign parts. If it is, God bless you. It might not be to work in full-time ministry. If it is, oh gosh, we bless you. But the call on your life is the call of God on your life for every day, 24-7, wherever you are, whatever you do. You are called to the purposes of God. You are called to godly purpose. Don't think, oh, well, I'm not working in a church. I work in a school. I don't work in a church. I work in a hospital. Do you know what? I don't work in a church. I'm actually a full-time mum. You are called to godly purpose, right? So this is where you are. And it behoves on us to be this. Hineni, here am I. Here am I. It's an intentional. You see, it's a Hebrew word, and it's the answer. They say this um, at Rosh Hashanah. When God calls you to divine purpose, how do you respond? Hanani means, I am here. Here am I. It's intentional. And it means, I am ready, I am willing, and I am able to say yes to you before I even know who, what, when, and where you are asking me to go and do. And that needs to be our set. That is where we are. You see, because there's another deeper meaning to Hineni. It's I'm here, I'm ready, I'll stand. So when you are called, I pray that you are called to stand. But you see, the Bible is littered with people who were called and then wanted a reason as to why they should go. But there are examples of people who just went, all right, I'll go. This is one, Isaiah. Have you read Isaiah? Yes, thank you, Brenda. <laughs> Brenda's read it. Go and speak to Brenda after. She'll tell you all about it. No, but have you read it? In this chapter, he has a vision of God. He has a vision of the angels. And he says, do you know what? I need someone to go. And the angel comes and touches his mouth with the coal because he said, I can't go. I'm a man of unclean lips. I've said terrible things. How can you use me? And then the angel touches his lips and said, do you know what? Who's going to go? And he says, all right, I'll go. I'll go. And it's only after that he says, by the way, what do you want me to do? And I tell you, the angel tells him, the angel of the Lord tells him what he wants him to do. And if he'd heard that before, maybe he would have gone, nah, you need to choose someone else. Because it is to speak to people who will never listen. To impart to the hearts of people whose hearts will always be hardened. Do you understand? It doesn't matter what people's expectations are of you. It doesn't matter if people are going to listen to you. It doesn't matter if you're on a worship team, yeah. right? The call on your heart right now from God is for his people that none would perish. Do you see why this is so important? Do you see what we need to do? You know, we are called to godly purpose. Can we put the verses from Matthew up? And we always need a reason, don't we? You know? You want to say to people, but you know what, I need a, can I have a word before I go? Can I have a word or can I speak to someone before I, I pray? Uh, give me a reason to sing. I don't like that song, so I'll just not sing that song. I'll wait until the next song so I can sing it because I don't like that song. I need a reason to sing. My will's really awful at the moment, so I'm not going to sing. You know what, my will, I've got needs. I've got needs, so I'm not going to pray for you until I've prayed about my needs. You know what, I, we've all got that stuff going on in our lives and in our hearts. But the call on our lives is to still that down. 
fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and say, I'm sure. Where do you want me to go? And do you know what he normally says? Go to work. Go to work. Go and have dinner with your mother and father. Go and bring up your children. Go to church. Do you know, it's the normal, humdrum, everyday bits of our lives that we discount in our calling because we don't think they're holy enough. Right, got that? You see, if you're here, you think, oh gosh, gosh, that's what I'm, maybe I should be aspiring to that. This is the holy bit. You can tell because I've got a light on me. <laughs> Emphasising my celestial glow. But it isn't. It isn't. You know what the goal is? Is my life. The goal is what I do with my life. You know? The goal isn't what I say to you up here. It's how I deal with my son in the house. Because it's so easy for me to say, oh, the calling of my life is love. But then my son can tell you, actually, you're horrible. He better not. Better. No, he won't. He won't. Because I'll tell you something about my son. No, do you know what? Actually, my son is infinitely more merciful than I am. So my son would never run me down to somebody else. I know that. I know that. He is. He is a good, good, good boy. He's a good boy. At all. Kutch mawr. Right. So can we put this up? This is Jesus, right? And this is everything. So when you get confused about what your calling is and why you're doing it, if you want a reason, your reason is this. He, one, he's a good father. Yeah. Okay, Caris absolutely believes that. Yeah. He's a good father. Yeah. And you are loved by him. Yeah. That's your reason. Right there, don't overthink it. Don't overcomplicate it. I am an overthinker. I'm an overthinker. I'm like that. Okay, so he's a good father. What does that mean? So he fathers well. He's a good parent. Wow. What? You know, no. He is a good, good father. Yeah. And you are loved by him. That's how we stand. So this is Jesus speaking. Okay, maybe I'll read it here because you're looking at my back. And hey, that's a great place to be. But uh, let's do it this way. Okay, so from verse 34 onwards. Okay, what's this? What's this? Right. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent the disciples to him, along with the Herodians. Oh, teacher, they said, we know you are a man of integrity. No, hold on. Hold on, I'll read it up here. Right. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Well, the Pharisees were gathered together. Right, right, no, mind that. Got it? Got it? Got it? Yes, what is the greatest commandment? What is how you, the, the, the commandment, the reason you live your life? To love the Lord your God as you, as, with, all, with everything. With your wisdom, with your intellect, with everything you are capable, everything you have done, the cancelled sin, everything you are capable of being, everything, everything, everything is brought into submission of the love of God in your life. 
the greatest commandment upon you is to love the Lord your God. And jointly and running alongside that, in the light of your complete submission to the love of God in your life, no less is this, to love people as you love yourself. Got it? So the love of God is written large in your life. Everything you are, everything you are comes under that. And alongside it, not slightly behind, not to one side, not as an additional extra, or a, you know, multiple choice form. Can I love God or people? Well, choose people. God, thanks. None of us would choose people. <laughs> None of us would choose people. People are mad. People get on your nerves. People ask you to do stuff. People ask you to do stuff you don't want to do. People ask you to do stuff you're too lazy to do. People ask you to do stuff you can't be bothered to do. People ask you stuff. Go away, people. I'm just loving God right now. You know, and I'm listening to my worship songs as I'm doing it, because I'm so godly. Right? No, that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says you love the Lord your God with everything that you are, and you love those people as you love yourself. Because let's face it, we don't love anyone more than we love ourselves. So the amount you love yourself, you love other people. Not like that, but like you love God. Do you render the message? Oh, no, it's not. I've got another good 20 minutes to go. No, are, are you getting this? Right, because this isn't made-up stuff. I'm not in a place where I'm going, oh, do you know what, isn't it nice? Just let's trot out a few words about Jesus. Let's just get to that. We've talked about it, you know. This is serious stuff. People are being mown down on bridges. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. There are young people right now in rooms somewhere cutting themselves because they feel so unloved. No, you're getting this. This might be a bit uncomfortable for you. Okay? We live in a world where people are hospitalized because of the lack of love that they have had from a very young age. And their attachment issues mean that they can't ever love themselves or other people. They are ruined shells of people because of what other people have done to them. We stand proxy for those people. Do you understand? Do you see why it is so vital that I love the Lord my God more than I love myself? Uh, because then I can love them. Because people's lives are messy. People's thoughts are messy. And they're uncomfortable. And they're inconvenient. Emotions are sloppy things. They get in the way. And it's lovely if I can pick and choose who I want to be part of, isn't it? But God doesn't give me that option. None should perish. You does it matter? Does it matter to you? Because yeah. if it doesn't, fine. Because the next thing you see, the one thing we're told to do is the great commission, the great suggestion, if some of you think of it, you know? We are commissioned by God. We are commissioned by him. Any of you work in industries, you know, or corporate environments where commissioners exist to procure services from people, you know, you are commissioned, you are paid, you are set up, teams are set up to do stuff. We are commissioned by the most high God through the authority of Jesus Christ to go out and make disciples of who? All men. You can't get to that bit unless you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, body, wealth, intellect, finances, resources, everything, and love your neighbors exactly the same. Don't even try getting to the Great Commission if you don't love people. 
If you don't respond to the call of God on your heart to love people so that none of them will perish, you will never get to the Great Commission. Because how can you? Because surely the Great Commission is all about love. Loving people enough to bring them into a loving relationship with their father. That's your reason. You want me to give you a reason why you should get up up off your backside and serve in church? Because God loves you. You want me to give you a reason why you should be sharing with your family? Why I should be sharing with my family how much God loves me is because God loves me. And he's a good father. He doesn't throw you to the dogs. Go on, share all about me, but don't expect me to act on your behalf. No, when you worship him, he acts on your behalf. We pray for God to inhabit our praises, don't we? When he does that, he acts on our behalf. So things that were impossible are suddenly very possible. Do you understand why it's so important? Why time is short? And there's just a few points I want to bring to you. How long have I been? Never mind. Don't matter. I'm carrying on. Right? Okay. So Jesus is the reason. First thing, if you want to go, if your heart now is saying, okay, you've called me. I don't know what to. I don't know what to. But I'm going. I'm here and I'll stand. The first reason, the first way you go is to go in with humility. Okay? I'm not talking about having confidence in Christ your Savior. That is our confidence and strength, isn't it? Humility suggests that I know who I am in this relationship and I know who God is. Okay? Can we put the. the uh, oh, did I give you this, Lee? Perhaps I did. Perhaps I didn't. I'm in a crazy world of scriptures today. No, not that one. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I'm going to read Philippians, even though you've already read it. <sighs> crazy. Look at that. Oh, don't you love God? Right. Philippians 2, 1 to 11. This is how you go. You want to go in humility? This is how you go. Are you listening? Yeah. Phil is. Anybody else listening? Yeah. Or are you all a bit scared? There will be chocolate after for everyone who isn't scared. Who's scared? No chocolate. No chocolate for any of you. Right. Here we go. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, if any. Can you hear this? If you have any of these things, right? Any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete and be like-minded having the same love. Being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility... Consider others better than yourself. Yeah? Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, right? You're looking at others? We favor others? If you have any humility or compassion, this is how we live our life. Your attitude should be that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He was God. He is God. And he didn't think he could grasp, he didn't compare himself to God. Do you understand? Oh my gosh, some of you are sitting there right now thinking I could do better than her. Fair enough, you probably could in fairness. A darn sight better. But listen, the very fact that you're thinking that comparison mindset is the reason I am here and you are there. Yeah? Yeah? Because equality with God is not something to be grasped. 
By all means, sit there and start praying, Lord, use me. Use me, use me. Give me words. Give me strength. Let me find my heart in you. Let me know more about you so that I can teach people about you. But for one second, if you think I should be doing that because I'm better than her, that is why you are there. And at this moment in my life, I am called to be here. Right? This is, tr- this is the real stuff because that attitude is not Christ-like. We talk about Christ-like attitudes. The attitude of Christ, he didn't even consider himself to be equal with God. And he was God. Can you get your head around that? So you know what? Stop looking at other people and thinking, I could do that. I could do that and I could do it better. But you wouldn't look as good as me doing it. <laughs> Right. Right. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of who? God the Father. You see, we're doing it for him. Through Jesus, that's how humble Jesus is. Jesus is saying, no, don't give me the glory. I'll do it through you. Don't give me the glory. Give it to my Father. That's our attitude right there. If we could only see it, the reason you're called, the reason you're called, and the way you should go is with humility with humility, total humility, total submission to God, with trust. Do you know what? Build your trust on Jesus, not on other people. You know what? It's lovely to have feedback, and I'm very fortunate to have honest feedback from the people in this church who have been entrusted with feedback, okay? Because everybody needs that. You know, you spoke last week, Pastor Phil, on being pruned. Feedback prunes you. Be a- allow yourself to be pruned, in every area of your life and surround yourself with a cloud of people who will build you up in that you see wounds from a friend are faithful you know what so when people are feeding into going hey maybe this that and it's not all positive it's not all hey you're amazing let me brush your hair let's talk about unicorns you know it's just you're so lovely let me just tell you how great you are okay i could lap that up all day Okay, because my ego would love it. But what you need is, hey, you know that was great, but listen, here's some other stuff. And we all need that. And then the humility of Christ says, yes, I will take that on board and I will make changes accordingly. If you only want people in your life telling you how brilliant you are, you will not grow. You won't grow because it's not real. You know, the thing about feedback, when you take back feedback, when you take back evaluation forms, you discard the really, really rubbish ones. That's what you do. But you also discard the really, really brilliant ones because the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah? Yeah. So you go, you're brilliant, you're brilliant, you're brilliant. You're rubbish, you're rubbish, you're rubbish. Discard those, but somewhere in the middle is, hey, here's some really excellent points, but there were a couple of bits as well I didn't quite like or didn't quite understand. You could improve on. Do you know what I mean? That is what we take on board. We surround ourselves with people who will speak truth into our lives. If you are going to someone, and a terrific Lenetti word, Conan. Do you say that in, in Armford? Conan. Oh, Kina. Conan. If
If you just want someone to listen to your whinges and moans and negative attitude, do you know what? If you, that person is coming to you offloading that onto you, you be very careful what your response is. Because you will sow seeds and feed into something really. And instead of reaping a harvest of righteousness and peace, you sow to a whirlwind, you reap a whirlwind. Do you understand? If you start doing things, you see. Our template is right here in the word of God. The word of God does not contradict itself. If you are tempted in any way to do anything that contradicts anything that Christ has set out, it is wrong. So when you're with someone and you go, listen, I've got some concerns, I just need to share them. Okay, but listen with a dispassionate ear and then speak truth and love into that person's life. Woe betide you if you start agreeing with them. Because you lose any right you have to speak into their life. All of a sudden, the next time you meet, it'll just be an opportunity to run people down, to run stuff down. And that stuff breeds discontent. So be very careful. In humility, considering others better than you. Just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you should always give it. Oh, I've learned that the hard way. Because believe me, I have an opinion on almost everything. No, my kid, I have an opinion on everything. (laughs) Everything. Ask me what I think, I'll tell you. Right? But I've had to really temper that part of myself. I've had to have edges knocked off me. Because if you vocalise some of your stuff, you expect people to come right back at you. And there's a little ego bit of you going, oh, but everyone loves Andrea. So I shouldn't have to deal with people telling me they don't like my opinion because everyone loves Andrea. And then you're in a place of, oh, no. Because back in the day, when I was younger, I was a bit of a people pleaser. And it was really important to me that people liked me. So if I, but I was also a bit mouthy. I've passed some of my best traits on to Joseph, you know. This is, (laughs) I've made him the boy he is, right? So when I was mouthy, not negatively, but I, oh, if you ask me your opinion, I'd say I wouldn't be diplomatic about it. <laughs> or think, is this the right time to share this? Hey, no, I'm just going to say it. You know? But also, if then people came back at me and said, well, you're wrong, the, the people pleaser inside of me would crumble, and honestly, I would make you my personal project to get you to like me again. Seriously, I would parry you. Okay? until you liked me. Now, nobody needs to be parried. Trust me, okay? Because nobody needs somebody just coming on at you all the time. Because that's not real, is it? You know what? We can disagree. That doesn't make me right and you wrong. It does. No. That doesn't make me right and you wrong. Conversely, it doesn't make you right and me wrong. It means we don't agree on something. That's all it means, isn't it? But having that humility to be able to say that is sometimes bought at a dear cost. So be wise with your words, be wise with your friendships, be wise with your relationships, be humble, have the humility of Christ Jesus. Another thing, we need to be humble enough to respect legacy. Now, what I mean by that is, I don't think it's always been done this way, don't change it. No, we will move those seats an inch. People, people leave churches over less. Do you know what I mean? Wars get fought. They've moved the chairs. Where? Over by at least six inches. I cannot be in this environment. I'm going. You know, right? But also, what we need to respect is that the older people of this church have fought battles so that we don't have to fight them. 
right? We respect our young people. We love you. Do you know what? The thing that made my heart sing with joy this week was when young people got engaged in the political process. I don't care how you voted, all right? What I mean is they cared enough to have their voice heard. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that what we want? As a society, as a church, we function better when every age and every part of the body is fully engaged. Right? So that was amazing, and we love you, and we respect you, but the, the call on your life at this moment is to be the age you are, okay? You can't jump generations, generations, and suddenly say that people who have sat here, they're not here this morning, you know, the women who are in their 90s, who are faithfully, and at great cost to themselves, have sat faithfully to support in this church. You are not better than them. They are not better than you. We are the kingdom. And the kingdom looks like this. Okay? So we work together. In humility, you consider others before yourself. So we say to the older generation, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Thank you for fighting the battles we won't have to. To the younger generation, we say, we will continue to fight so that you don't have to fight this way. You can just do it. But it's all in God's timing. Do not despise or resent what has gone before and judge it positive or negative according to your benchmark. God is the judge. We do it his way. Yes? You know, another thing is I really, really, really feel strongly that we're not submitted enough as a people. Our submission, I know I've touched on this earlier, but Okay, you know, I'm stood, you know, and God is speaking, and he's like, go further, <laughs> go deeper, get in there, girl, say it. We are not submitted enough in our lives to God. Submission means you submit every area of your life to him. You know what, we've just taken communion. If you hold anything against your brother, you are not submitted to God. Communion tells us how to put things right. If you've taken it, some of you here, some of us here, we still haven't put things right in our hearts. We're not submitted fully to God. There are some things in our lives, things we're saying, actions we're doing, ways of thinking, ways of living. We are not fully submitted to God. You see, what's the point in singing about love if you don't live love? What's the point? Sit down. You should all just sit down. You know, I'm going to sit out this song because I'm not doing it. And singing it doesn't make me do it. Singing it just means I'm singing it. Singing it just means it's a word, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's all it is. You're a creaking gate, a clanging cymbal. That's what the Bible says. It's nothing without love. And submission, if it is anything, is love. You are submitting to the will of God in your life, not your own will. We have our own agendas. We have our own way of doing things. Our pride means we will not let God enter into areas of our life because we want to hold them precious. Because if I address it, I'll have to change. I'll have to forgive that person. Don't want to forgive that person. Person really hurt me. Forgive that person. You are not submitted. Bible goes even further. If you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. God's words, not mine. And today there's no condemnation, okay? But I am. Um, I love you so much. And you know what? There are things happening in our country. Alliances are being made in our country where all of a sudden, a lot of us in the working week are going to have to bring, bring our faith to account. Because people are going to go, do you believe what these believe? Do you know what I'm talking about? Our government are making alliances that bring 
faith to the forefront. I say faith, not Jesus. Important distinction. But people will say, is this what you believe? And you are going to have to know what you believe. And all of a sudden, you are under scrutiny. You know? We are under scrutiny. I don't want to be like that thing in Daniel, where there's scales, you've been weighed in the scales and found wanting. I don't want God to say about that, that about me. I want to be in a place where I go, do you know what? I know what I believe and what I believe is love. Yeah. I know what I believe and what I believe is love. And everywhere in heaven right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, yeah. praying for us. The Holy Spirit is using words where we can only use sighs. Do you understand? Yeah. The angels are around the throne, crying out, holy, holy, holy. And the elders are on their faces worshipping God. That is happening in heaven right now. And we are holding on to petty differences. We are holding on to unforgiveness. We are holding on to likes and dislikes. We are holding on to things that make no earthly bit of difference. And we are sacrificing people on that altar. Do you know I feel strongly about this? This isn't in any of my notes, by the way. But you know what? It's got to be said. Because I do it. We all do it. The call upon us. There is a reason for us to go. He is a good father. And I am loved by him. As are you, friends. So why do we make people subject to not love? Do you understand? We need to let all that stuff go now. Time is short. It's too important to hold on to difference. Consider others better than yourselves. Prefer others. Consider Christ Jesus as your role model, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. We need to get on our face before God. Some of us, we talk about submission. We talk about love. We need to be on our knees on our face before God. But our pride won't let us. Our pride would rather hold something against our brother than be totally submitted to God. And I really, really, really wasn't planning on saying any of that. But, hey, let's take it on board. It's all we can do is take it on board. If you want to discard it and say, that's not me, I'm perfectly justified in thinking what I think. Do you know what, friend? I will pray for you. I will pray for you that you will see things God's way. Because God sees it differently. God sees people differently. Another thing that we need to do, you know what? Oh gosh, listen, I'm going to read through the last couple of these points really, really quick. Okay, we need to go with obedience, obedience to the will of God. Your reason to go is because God wants obedience. So you obediently go where God has called you. You obediently go to your people, to your families, to your life. You obediently do that. You know, we talk about how much we give, how much we do, how much we love God. But you know what? If you spend your time counting up the hours you spend with Jesus, that is not sacrificial giving. You know, that is not sacrificial giving. If you are saying to me, do you know what? I do all this, though, so I don't want to do any more. You know what? Sometimes I just can't be bothered to have those conversations because I do all of this as well. Well, you know what? Your Heavenly Father sees everything. You've got 24 hours in a day. Like, every, like you've got 24 hours in a day, like Beyonce. And look what she gets done. <laughs> Right? So we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Do you know what I mean? 
We say, oh, I'm a bit tired, I've done this, I've done that. You know, I serve here, I serve there, I do this, I do that, I do all of this for God. Why should I do any more? Oh, friend, friend, you've misunderstood. The very next breath you're taking is because God has given it to you. And we apportion our time. What we can afford to give God. He is your life. He is your reason. And so our obedience, complete submission says, here I am, I'll go. Not, well, I'm already serving in a number of teams, Lord, and I would rather like an evening off if that's all the same to you. You know, God goes, that's fine. I see where you are. I get it. But I'm asking. Because if you say no, you'll ask someone else. And someone else will do it. That's how it works. God won't go short. God won't go short. And he doesn't need you to defend his reputation either. He's big enough to defend his own reputation. And he'll find others who are willing to step in if you won't. And sometimes our ego gets a bit harmed by that, doesn't it? <gasps> they ask me, what do you mean there was somebody else on the list? Surely when I said no, it meant that things came grinding to a halt. And you came to me and begged me. And I said, oh, all right then. But only as a stopgap, for I am in control. Do you know what I mean? Does this, is this resonating with anyone? But we almost hold God to account. We almost hold God to ransom. Well, if I don't serve, then this ministry will end. <laughs> you know, what right have you got to say that? What right have we got to do that? You know what? People matter. And sometimes we have to do things tired as God's people. I'm not speaking. You know what? No, people will be like this. I'll go home. My sister will be like, oh my gosh, I should be doing more. People with young children, we get it. God gets it. God gets it. God gets your season. God gets why you can't. There are a million you know, reasons why. Based on ability, disability, how young your children are. Clearly, you cannot go out and serve and leave your children unattended in a house. That is not realistic. And God doesn't desire that. What he desires is an open heart, a willing heart. If somebody can, if you can, do. Right? If you can, do. But if you can't, hey, God's got you covered. You know what? Because his love is endless. So don't be hearing what I'm not saying. Oh my gosh, I need to put my name down for every rotor that the church is doing. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be cooking bacon. I'll be cleaning. I'll do it all at the same time. You know? And, right? Clearly that's unrealistic. But what God asks is for your service. And he asks you to serve wherever you can serve. I understand that some of you have partners who are not Christians and don't understand this. Don't get this. The call on God on your life is to love your partner. Right? And actually, the Bible says you redeem the unbelieving partner. So you know what? You treat him well. You treat her well. You love him like Christ loves the church. And, you know, we get it. God gets it. But don't be in a position where you withhold. That's what I'm saying. That is not obedient. Okay? That is not obedient to withhold from God what is rightfully God's. And he owns your heart. That's what we say. That's what we sing. He owns your heart. Can the band come up? Is that okay? I think I've been a little bit longer than I meant to. I do apologize. But I just want to leave with this, you know? We humbly and obediently go in love. And love should never be doled out on a whim. It shouldn't just be rhetoric. It shouldn't just be something that we, you know, feel we can dispense to people. It isn't subject to hurts, 
perceived or actual hurts. Our love is unconditional. Unconditional. The love that has been poured on you from heaven above is unconditional love. And the love that we should be pouring out to others is unconditional love. Why? Why? It's very, very simple. He is a good father and he loves you. The reason we are here, walking, talking, breathing, the reason we have been called is because he loves you so much. So, so much. You know, Leanne is going to come and sing something to us. We heard this song last week in conference and it really, really resonated with me. And it was something I really wanted to bring. And I know maybe today you're thinking, this is something really hard, Andrew, and I can't do it. But you know what? I want us to really take on board some of the words in this song and worship with all your heart. You know, we can't just say love anymore. We have to do love. We have to be love. And I just want us all to just be in that place where, you know, you're going to bless us with that. Thank you. Perfect in all the 
This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.